and welcome back to episode six of The C Word. I'm back. I'm your host, Madeline Bourne, and it's good to be back podcasting again. As you may know if you've tuned in before, I took a couple of weeks off podcast malarkey to get some me time and much needed time off work. I then said I'd be back soon. However, what's happened in my absence has been seismic and it felt wrong to jump straight back in with, albeit a podcast that talks about difficult subjects, but with one that tries to offer as much positivity and good vibes as possible. Because the last few weeks have been anything but good vibes and positivity. The Black Lives Matter movement is paramount. Racism is not something that we should still be having to talk about in 2020. The world has felt heartbreaking over the last few weeks, and I'm sure you'll join with me by saying it has felt helpless. However, I have learned a lot, thanks not to newspapers, but to social media over this time. I've seen acts of incredible bravery and resilience from people of colour who should not have to alert white people to the unfathomable disgrace that is racism, but that still have to fly the flag and make white people aware of their white privilege even today. I've seen white people awaken to their innate privilege, their subconscious privilege, their realisation that helping the Black Lives Matter movement needs to be more than just declarations of, I'm not racist. You need to be actively anti-racist. You need to be an ally. You need to work at your allyship every single week of your life. There have been ways my eyes have been opened to my white privilege over the last few weeks. The very privileges I have, just because of the colour of my skin, and the paramount importance of me speaking up and supporting the cause. Because to say nothing is to align yourself with the oppressor. And sometimes, even if you're scared of saying the wrong thing, or worried that you don't know enough to speak up, bloody well speak up. Use your voice. You can call out people you hear say a racist comment, You can participate in active conversations about race with loved ones. You can post on social media to shout about the cause. You can sign petitions to help them gain traction. You can put pressure on governments. You can protest. You can educate yourself. You can do more and be more. So I knew I needed to speak up. So today, I'm going to. I'm going to leave the rant out of today's episode. This episode isn't about me. It's about the things I can do and people like me can do to help, yes, but we'll reach that in the positive sea lens. But this isn't about another white person speaking up and saying, I'm not racist, you know. It's about listening. It's about learning how to evoke change within yourself and wider change within society. And it's about making a positive difference. It's 2020. It's time society grew up. Today, I'm speaking to the incredible and beautiful human that is Alice. Alice is the founder of an incredible, empowering online community. She works as a fashion developer, she's a member of the BAME community, and she's also a devout Christian. These are markers of Alice's personality and being, yes, but she's so much more than that as well. I wanted to speak to Alice today to discuss race frankly, to discuss incredibly personal experiences of race sensitively and in a safe space, to explore identity and activism and allyship and change. There is so much to say, so much that just one episode of a podcast cannot even touch the surface of, but I hope this episode sensitively explores the importance of taking action. Now's the time, the long overdue time. So, thank you for listening and committing to making a positive change. It's time to talk to Alice. 
Hello. How are Hi. you doing? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right, thank you. Apart from the disgusting weather in Bristol today. Yeah. <laughs> Which it's is the same in London. I know, it's just crap. Like, where's summer gone? Like, it was here. <laughs> And it's left I us I think now. it's going to be good next next week, though, hopefully. Oh, it's going to be like 28 so. degrees. Oh, yeah, that, that's the too. dream. <laughs> I really <laughs> hope so. Well, thank you so much for being a part of this today. It's, I think it's really important, and I don't know about you, but I've noticed that the newsrooms have kind of stopped reporting as much about it now, which mm. obviously is where the issues begin, because once it stops being reported about, people stop talking about it, and it loses momentum and so I just think it's really important that we try to keep the conversation going you know yeah definitely so thank you and um I know it's not like the most cheery topic to talk about but um I just yeah I just think it's it's going to be really important and I think that what you have to say will like yeah really kind of hit home to people and make people think so hopefully that's what it does today (laughs) um (laughs) But yeah, so I just firstly wanted to check in with you and like, it's a really difficult time for a lot of people with for myriad different reasons with the heartache the Black Lives Matter movement is highlighting, plus mm. the added tensions of living in a global pandemic. We didn't expect 2020 to happen this way, I don't think. <laughs> and I was just wondering, how, how are you really feeling at this time? I think initially it it was really really hard I think especially when you know the video came out Mm. of George Floyd it was it was just really really heartbreaking to see that this is still happening Mm. you know in in a country like America you know you would you would think that these kind of things um wouldn't still be an issue and I think the truth is it's been happening for years but I think now people are recording it you know people Mm. are speaking about it so it it definitely isn't something new um so I think yeah it was it's just heartbreaking and it was hard and I think with the whole black lives movement that has come from kind of that incident it, it definitely um just kind of allowed me to have many conversations with Mm. friends Mm. and look back at my own past experiences and really kind of um, deal with the fact that it has been, it has been an issue, you know, not perhaps not with, you know, killing black people that explicitly in this country, but it's definitely been something that is in, in this, in the UK as well, which I know we're going to talk about um, later on. But I think, yeah, for the most part, I think it was really, really uncomfortable to, to see what's going on. But I think as the weeks have gone by, I really am kind of optimistic and looking Mm. forward to that there will be a change and I I, and I think I'm seeing a lot more conversations happening around race yeah Um, and so I think we are moving in the right direction I don't think it's going to be quick definitely not but um, I, I, I am, for the most part, really kind of excited to see us shift towards, you know, a better society for sure. Yeah, it's such a difficult jumble of feelings at the moment yeah. because it's, you know, out of heartbreak comes positive change. And then yeah. there are certain individuals and 
you know events that are still showing that we're not where we need to be and it's just like it's such a there's there's a million different feelings that I think people are feeling at the moment um but it's good it's good to focus on the change like you said and I wanted to highlight like you were saying to those listening the fact that racism goes beyond the horrific acts of violence we've witnessed in America this year and for many many years like you've said and it's more than just being not racist and saying, I'm not racist, you know, it's more than that. And it can be the disgraceful everyday microaggressions and not being careful with your language and the ignorance white privilege bestows upon individuals that people mm-hmm. at a first glance don't realise. You know, I think people are quick to go, well, I'm not racist, though. Like, I'm not. And yeah. and it's it's more than that. And... I think personally over the last few weeks, not necessarily the news or like the media, but definitely social media has really opened my eyes and really made me think. And I think that that is so important. And I just wondered if you did feel comfortable sharing, is there any instances where you've personally experienced racism or white ignorance, or you've seen a story that you thought that needs to be talked about I, mm. I just wondered if you had anything that comes to mind because I think it's important that we realize racism has many forms yeah yeah absolutely I mean definitely in the light of everything that happened it made me think back to um when I was in primary school actually I was mm. in year five and my teacher at the time she kind of took me and my friends to the side and she was like you know, you guys are intimidating. You're a, a black gang of girls and it's intimidating. And, you know, we were like, we were in year five. <laughs> you know, I don't know That's ridiculous. Yeah, five. yeah. And I remember like, because I was really young. So, you know, at that age, you don't necessarily stick up for yourself. You just kind of yeah. do what the teacher says. But I remember thinking in my head and discussing it with my friends, like, this is, this is a bit racist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you're not saying this to the other, you know, white girls that are just hanging out with their friends and so I think that was that was definitely the first time that I felt oh is you know is the color Mm -hmm. of my skin gonna be an an issue for people Mm. um but then I think I thank god growing up in London it is very diverse so I kind of I went to a secondary school that was very diverse I didn't really experience um, much issues there but I think it was from when I went to university, I studied fashion with business studies mm. and um, I was the only black person on the course. Mm. And I think for me, I was quite shocked. I was like, oh, OK, this is this is different. And then I think, you know, going into my career again, I've had several sort of jobs where I am the only black person working for that company or working on the team. And and I think you then just kind of soon get used to, oh, okay, this, this is what it's going to be like in the working world. And, you mm-hmm. know, that isn't necessarily explicitly racist, of course not, but it's very subtle. It's it's a statement saying that, you know, we, we don't need to be diverse. Yeah. We don't need to have diverse leaders. And so I think subconsciously you you begin to, I guess, kind of maybe hold yourself back because you are the only one, you know, of your race in the room. And there's all kinds of other things that get attached to that, to that statement when 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 you are the minority. And you know, it can it definitely um I guess kind of brought a lot of insecurities. Yeah. yeah. Not not being able to see other people like myself within the workforce, you know, 
you feel uncomfortable. And of course, you know, we accept all races, but I think when you are the only person in the mm. room or one of two, mm. I guess, yeah, there's, you, you feel, you do feel slightly exper- um, uncomfortable, but you know, in, in my experience, and I read an interesting article the other day on the business of fashion blog Mm. and it was about other minority voices and how to navigate the workforce and it was just so interesting because every black person felt that way you know they felt as though they couldn't always feel free to speak up yeah because they were the minority and so I think in my experience especially industry like fashion Mm. there has definitely been a celebration of you know white models and European designers and that's what's always been championed and I think back to university where my inspiration of course it came from my culture my my parents are Nigerian so it came from that culture and just kind of being in the lesson with with the tutor and and they always kind of celebrated European design but Mm. you know anything outside of that was deemed as amateur Mm. or not refined or not elegant you know and so you're you're kind of perception of of what the ideal is with beauty and so it it does go really deep yeah begins to be shaped by 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 what you're learning in university and then throughout your career Mm. so Mm. I've even had to really kind of look within and 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 really kind of challenge myself as to where these ideals have come from and things like that so um I think you know for me I can't speak on behalf of everyone. Mm -hmm. I know my friends have definitely seen a lot more racism in the workplace than I have. But I Mm -hmm. think my experience has just been the fact that it's, it's, it's never been diverse. Yeah. You know, you tend to sometimes feel a bit isolated. I think that's kind of where, where, how it's been for me. I think it's, it's so difficult as well with like fashion being an industry that Mm. that claims on the kind of surface level to be you know fashion is about you being unique fashion is about wearing clothes and that represent you and that you know explore your personality and I think that being someone that's really interested in style as well like I've always seen clothing as a way to express myself in ways that I've been maybe too nervous to you know through my voice or whatever and I think on the outset fashion claims to be such a diverse industry and for everyone and inclusive and that there are obviously so many brands now you know coming out and being more inclusive but when you actually think about it and you know you're in the workplace I think that actually it's you know I want to get into journalism and I find it to be a really elitist industry as well absolutely Um, and I think it's 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 difficult because there are these claims that are claimed from a marketing perspective and you know to get the consumer talking but in the reality like you're saying I think there is a lot more work that needs to be done um, and I think it's so important that we talk about that yeah well I wanted to ask you in this difficult time what are the things that have been helping you through you know like keeping you positive helping you switch off from the noise online because while social media has been so positive on the whole recently sometimes you do need to get away so I was just wondering oh how, how you've been doing. <laughs> Honestly, like, I think I've always enjoyed going on Instagram, but, like, this whole kind of period has just made 
it not such an enjoyable experience mm. because every other post is about you know this person was killed and mm. people coming out with their story and you know it needs to be shown absolutely but I think what's kind of helping me is I'm just having to take breaks from it whereas I think before I was on there a lot more I'm definitely having to take breaks I have a blog so writing Mm. really helps me just kind of get all my feelings out and that's been really that's something that's absolutely really therapeutic and then um, I have a really strong faith in Jesus mm. Christ so part of that is is prayer is mm. reading the bible mm. and just making sure to just fill myself with uplifting words words that give me hope yeah words yeah. that you know give me courage um and just words that just kind of really protect my peace because I think I almost feel like a light is now being shone on all mm. the kind of I guess, horrible things that are happening in society. And Mm. if you're not careful, it can really make you fearful, to be honest. And it can bring a lot of anxiety. You can feel overwhelmed. So I'm definitely having to make sure that I'm just filling myself up with a lot of Mm. prayer and just, Mm. you know, speaking peace and and meditating on scriptures that are about peace. I think Mm. that's really, really helped me. And then just kind of having conversations as well, about the issues and just yeah. speaking with friends and speaking with my family that's definitely been a really really amazing thing for sure I think yeah. that's so important at the moment because obviously so many of us are isolated still in, yeah. in lots of different instances and it is it's so important to to make sure you've got that network around you whether that's a phone call FaceTime like even if it's just like I mean I think we're all fed up of Zoom quizzes now but like oh gosh I'm so <laughs> over it but even something like that, you know, if it's just an escape, like it is, is so important. And I, I think that that's what's hard at the moment with the pandemic as well, is that everyone yeah. is turning to online to voice how they feel, which is great. Yeah. But also, like you've said, it's overwhelming too. Absolutely. Talking about online, performative activism is something that's been prevalent online recently and people are really mm. talking about now. And for people that are listening and might not know, it's where an individual kind of posts something important about the Black Lives Matter movement, but then it's unclear whether that goes beyond the the share on Instagram or whatever. And I just wondered if there were any instances of performative activism that you've come across online recently, because I think I can think of a couple myself. Yeah, yeah. It's just interesting because literally as soon as, I think it was Blackout Tuesday, a lot Mm -hmm. of brands did that black box Mm -hmm. um, on Instagram. And then what was interesting was to see the comments that would follow that, Mm -hmm. especially with, again, you know, within the fashion industry, there were a few brands that clearly they have leadership that are racist, that have not treated their black employees with the same kind of opportunities and respect as their white employees. Mm. And so a lot of people have been writing their experiences. Old employees were writing their experiences. And so for me, you know, it just goes to show that you cannot make these statements and expect, you know, people to not tell their truth. Mm -hmm. And this is to Mm -hmm. the point where um, there's a brand called um, Reformation, Mm -hmm. 
they're um, a brand all about sustainability in America. And the CEO has actually stepped down, actually resigned because there were so many claims that, you know, yeah. she had been racist. And I mean, it was it was shocking, <laughs> to be mm-hmm. honest. Well, I laugh, but it really isn't a yeah, laughing yeah. matter. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're just, you're just shocked that this is still yeah. happening. I think, uh, you know, some of the... Um, some of the employees were just the black employees were saying that within their stores they were expected to only work in the basement whereas the kind of white sales assistants were Mm. working on the shop floor Mm. and they were just they were just kind of saying all things and you know it just left me thinking that gosh like this is really still an issue this is like Mm. A woman that they profess about, you know, we're all about um, being ethical. Yeah. We hold up all these values, but yet there's still racism, which... You know, if, if you're not able to be ethical in with, with you know people, mm. then there's a real real issue here. And so I think I think the Blackout Tuesday was an opportunity for people to really be exposed, and not in a way because I'm really not into bringing people down, but yeah. I think there needs to be truth, and yeah. I think with you know the Blackout Tuesday and performative activism. It, it basically just showed that no matter how you say that you're going to do all these things, mm. if within your actual company culture yeah. there's racism, there's issues, it's going to come out. But I mm. think it's it's not to it's not about bringing these companies down and saying you're racist and we're going to do this, we're going to do that. I think what was interesting is what the brands did after that. Yeah, and so you know this particular brand I was talking about she apologized but she resigned you know and so I think I think that's a bit disappointing but there were other brands that you know people came out with their experiences and then they apologized after that and then they said now on this is what we're going to do we're going to employ more black people we're going to educate ourselves what you know so so there was there was a need for apologizing but it went beyond that and they Mm -hmm. were showing now we're going to change because I think the truth is there are a lot of companies that have been racist you know we we have to be real here Mm -hmm. so a lot of the them saying that we're donating this that and the third it doesn't really mean anything if their heart is still they still don't have the right education and they're still in ignorance and so I think I've accepted that but I think now it's about these brands saying we're not just going to make these statements but actually Mm -hmm. we're going to educate ourselves and we're going to make it better yeah it's so important I personally with me seeing online Mm. being tagged you know there's like chain what do you call it like chain challenges on Instagram where you have yeah yeah so like getting tagged in like just basically screenshotting and putting Black Lives Matter the hashtag on your story and then tagging five people who won't break the chain and and things like that I found difficult because yes I I want to Mm. you know share the importance of the cause and yes I want to educate myself and yes I want to post other resources for people that might follow me or that might follow others that they might want to learn from or read but just doing that repost alone is not 
making a difference and it felt difficult you know like I posted about it and said look thank you for tagging me however I I'm gonna you know do a bit more here and I'm gonna like repost some other things because but then that felt wrong because it was like oh I I do want to be part of it and it's like it's this messy boundary and I think that some people are worried about saying the wrong thing and you you can't there's no there's no space and no time for that you just need to speak up and I think that that's so important and that's what I wanted to ask you as well is that if there is someone who's afraid to say the wrong thing who wants to speak up but is worried they're gonna say something in the wrong way or you know Mm. what would you say to those people like what would you say to them I think I think you've got to keep it really real Mm. in this time and I think you know clearly the ones that are trying to be like you know we are for this movement and then it turns out they're not Mm. people are are speaking their truth Mm. and so but I I don't even think that's a bad thing I think I think we have to get over ourselves and just start having these conversations there's a particular quote that I really am just living by at the moment Mm. and it's you know give people the freedom the the freedom to misunderstand you give people the permission sorry to misunderstand you meaning that even if you do get it wrong so what like Mm. I think it's we have to stop kind of looking at ourselves and being you know selfish there's a bigger issue at hand and I think it's about just speak up if you get it wrong okay so what we move on you know social Mm. media moves so fast it's like people think that you never forget but you do it's like even if you do say the wrong thing you know someone will correct you and then move over it don't be afraid to get it wrong everyone gets it wrong but I I think I I understand the issue because I think people are really harsh when you say something wrong Mm. and you know there's this whole cancel culture at the minute on Instagram that as soon as something (laughs) you do something bad you're cancelled and I'm not for that I think it's about being gracious and and encouraging Mm. someone if they do say the wrong thing Mm. Um, but you know you're not always going to have that instance so I think it's just to know within yourself that as long as your intention is you know right yeah speak up you know have these difficult conversations get uncomfortable and if you get it wrong well then just learn learn what you did wrong you know ask the question why did that offend you Mm. why was that wrong and this is what we need to do more of because not everyone understands why something is racist and I don't expect you to understand because you know you didn't necessarily grow up how I did but Mm -hmm. I think it's about not being afraid to ask and apologize and say okay help me understand why was that the wrong thing and I think if you just always kind of come from that from that perspective that you do want to listen and you do want to mm. learn, then I think it's okay. But I think it's not enough to not say anything. Yeah. You yeah. know, you, you have to to speak up, if especially if you feel compelled to, for mm. sure. Mm. Yeah. Like how, how do we learn? You know, how do we learn at school? How do we learn any of yeah, our values? It's because yeah. we ask and it's because we feel what you know feel our way through what's right what's wrong like that's that's I just think it's sometimes especially I suppose this is where social media like you were saying with the whole cancel culture how social media can be a be real good force for good but it can also be 
um, you know, a negative as well in that people yeah. people are like afraid to say wrong thing. Maybe they have conversations, you know, with friends that they trust and with people they trust. But like we're saying at the moment, when our entire lives, like social media is our social lives right now yeah, with the pandemic. Yeah. And I just think that it is important that we do take to social media if we feel compelled to, like no matter whether we're, you know, it could be someone that's nervous to talk about their own experience. It could be someone that's nervous about, like I said, like saying the wrong thing or whatever, but it is so important because that's where we're reaching the people at the moment and it is how we make a change. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you wanted to give one message one main message I mean there's probably lots of things that we want to tell people because of 2020 but if there's one main thing that you could like advise or like message or you know you could give to someone wanting to make a positive change this year what would you say to them yeah I would say I think um I think no matter how big or how small you know something is I think it's about doing what you're compelled to do some people will you know write a blog post you know they'll they'll do a podcast like we'll, they'll give to charity I think in 2020 make the positive change that you feel compelled to do mm. no matter how small no matter how big it is you know I think sometimes we feel a pressure that we have to kind of do this kind of big thing to make a difference in the world but I mm. think if everyone just played their part and, yeah. and kind of did what they felt compelled to do within within that platform that feels right for them within that you know space that they feel comfortable in I think that's what it's about it's about looking within looking at what you feel called to do and just going for it and and not being um not being concerned about those that will you know say you're doing the wrong thing or you're not doing enough or you should have done this I think if we just all do that one small thing that can create a better society there will absolutely be a difference Mm. it just takes it's like how, you know, like <laughs> equating it to something that no way in any way matters as much. But like, you know, there's mm. that quote going round about, I think it was about veganism and it was like yeah. heavily shared. And it said it doesn't take, you know, the minority doing it perfectly. It takes everyone doing it imperfectly to make a massive yeah. change. And I think everyone plays a part in this. Everyone right. needs to do yeah. something. And my last question for you is one of the only hopeful things about this pandemic and this year in general is that I believe 2020 is a real chance for change our economies have ground to a halt our communities have become isolated from one another the ways we work and live have changed overnight we now like have the ability as we go forward to shape society for the better after this to like find new ways to live and be and obviously, <laughs> we're, we're not the people who can make the real change. It take, it's up to the government, you know, and other people in positions of power to really make the changes that we want to see. And I'm going to talk about later in the podcast, I'm going to talk about mm. petitions that we can sign and ways that we can pressure our MPs and the government. And I wanted to ask you, what would you like to see change within society to make it a more inclusive, diverse, kinder place? Yeah, I was thinking about this question and uh, I think for me it kind of goes back to that question that you asked earlier about performative um, activism. I think it's great if people employ, you know, a more diverse uh, workforce, leadership, all these great things and donations and the list goes on. But I think truly if 
if people's hearts do not change about racism and if people do not come to a place where they truly believe that we are all equal and everything that's happening you know is just cosmetic you know it's yeah. it's not going skin deep it's just it's all outward um and so for me i think i just really want people to really kind of ask themselves these uncomfortable questions you know mm. do i have am i racist you know just something something like that mm. really look within and ask themselves those difficult questions and if they see that you know what there have been incidences where I have felt a particular way towards black people or felt mm. a particular way towards a, a race group. Not just kind of accepting that, but it goes back to kind of what was going on on social media. It was about listening, learning. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, but don't just listen to what's going on out there. Listen to your own self. You know, yeah. what are your kind of, um, what are you, What what's the word? What are your uh, prejudices? Yeah. What are the things that are within your own mind that you perhaps haven't spoken about you know and so I think 2020 especially because you know we are just coming out of lockdown there is a lot more time to really deal with those things and then change them educate yourself learn about other cultures celebrate other cultures mm -hmm. and then I think if if people can do that then genuinely there can be a change yeah genuinely there can be um, a diverse society where we're inclusive and we're kinder to each other and so I think it really is about yes we're going to champion what's going on with black lives matter but a lot of it can be quite superficial mm -hmm. and unless we do that unless we do that inner work and actually deal with those issues yeah then the change means nothing because i think a lot of the time people that do have these racist issues it's because of past experiences mm -hmm. um and so i think it's just important you know, 100% learn these issues that we have and then deal with them um, through through educating yourself, through mm -hmm. through doing whatever it, it takes to kind of change that wrong bias, that wrong mindset. So I think if we can all do that, then of course, absolutely, that we will have a better society for sure. I loved having a chat with Alice. She's such a wonderful human and she articulates so beautifully such important sentiments we all need to listen to right now and hold in our hearts as we move forward. I think one of the most important things she said was that we often feel pressured to do this big gesture to make a change and that we feel like perhaps little gestures and actions won't be making a difference, but they do. The work needs to come from within. The inner work, as Alice called it. And I think this is one major thing I've learnt over the last few weeks. I'm now going to end the episode by discussing some things that we can do to educate ourselves and shape the inclusive world we should always have had. I'm going to split the actions into inner work and contributing to a larger cause. Because both are important, but they have important distinctions we need to listen to, too. I'm frankly ashamed to say that until a few weeks ago... I didn't realise that being an ally and being anti-racist goes beyond knowing that I, myself, am not racist. Before, when I was younger and I discussed race and thought about it, I would call out friends and family if I felt someone said something that wasn't okay, but I didn't go much further than that. 
I learned about race in an optional module I picked at university, and I read some books, which I'll go into in a second, that opened my eyes to our frankly disgraceful and distressing history. But that was as far as it got with race and myself. So, the last few weeks, I have had my eyes opened to things further. To the white privilege that is bestowed upon me purely because of the colour of my skin. The fact that I've never struggled to find foundation that matches my skin tone. That I've not been told my hair is inappropriate for the workplace. In the workplace, I've sometimes felt out of place because of my working class background. But this is something that is even more prevalent for people of colour in creative industries particularly. The very industries that claim to be diverse and inclusive on the surface for marketing purposes only. And I've realised that I need to bloody well speak up, use my voice to challenge racism, say and do everything I can to call it out. Online, offline and into the years ahead. Even if I have personally not had a friend or family member affected by racism that I know of, I need to speak up for the people I've never met. We all need to speak up right now and continue talking. And here are some of the things I've been doing to work on myself in case they help you realise areas that you need to work on too. Speak honestly with family and friends about race. Debate. I've been going into deeper issues in the weather at dinner times and I can't believe that we spoke so superficially and on the surface before. It's bloody well important. Call someone out if their generation means that they're not as progressive as the social media literate. Get loud and get talking. Watch shows and read books to educate yourself. At first, I felt awful sitting down to watch a Netflix miniseries as a way to make a difference within myself. I felt awful that white people were seemingly just expected to sit down lazily on their bums, on the sofa, to watch TV and educate themselves. It didn't feel like enough. I felt like we should pay more respect. But I'm slowly realising, as Alice said, that activism starts within. It's not just about large gestures. It's about doing the inner work. And this can be through watching Netflix. I watched When They See Us, which is the most profoundly affecting piece of television I've ever watched, and is about the Central Park Five. Five young black boys who were sentenced to decades in prison for an attempted murder they did not commit. Today, they are the exonerated five, and they are released and free after it was shown that the New York City police coerced them into pleading guilty. And my God, I am disgusted at white people after watching that. Happening in the 1980s, it was not a case I was aware of as it was before I was born. And watching that made me realise the institutional racism that still exists and how despicably, unspeakably awful it is and how we need to put pressure on governments to make a change. I've also been reading. I've reread books that I had the pleasure of encountering at university, such as The Good Immigrant, which changed my life, and Citizen by Claudia Rankine. There's also the newer anthology of essays called Common People, which discusses working class experiences of growing up in the UK. And all of these are profoundly moving and so important in understanding the nuances of race and class in the UK. Citizen also speaks to the atrocities in America and commemorates the lives of people of colour who have been brutally murdered at the hands of the American police force. It's so affecting and 
Whilst these are difficult reads in that they stir up a lot of sadness, they also fuel the anger and make us make a change. Enough is enough. The inner work is so important. It's where we begin. We must make a change within ourselves. It starts with us. But by also committing to larger causes, we can use the power of the people to put pressure on governments to make a big institutional change. So, here are some useful resources to help you do that. I wrote a blog post a few weeks ago with some petitions you can sign. You can find it in detail at madelinemay.co.uk as I obviously cannot link (laughs) through my voice on a podcast, um, but there are links on that blog post if you want to look for it. These petitions cover topics such as ensuring the government updates the GCSE English literature and history reading lists to cover our racist past so children can learn to make a difference in this world. And there were also petitions that cover justice for individuals disgracefully killed by the police, whose perpetrators are still walking among us. I also have on there a list of mental health support services for UK-based BAME individuals, because this is a really difficult time. From the Body and Soul Initiative, which works to support black families with a weekly live stream, to Glitch UK, who are offering free digital self-care and self-defence training, and advice for Black Lives Matter campaigners. Also, I know we debate whether social media is good or bad sometimes, but it is still important to post online. Once newsrooms have stopped reporting, we can ensure this movement is not cast aside by keeping the momentum going online. Keep speaking up, keep using your voice and reaching those you can't visit and see in the middle of a pandemic, and we can make a difference. Thank you for listening to today's episode, and for staying with us until the end. It's time we make a real change. In 2020, we have seen the world grind to a halt, and now it's time to start rebuilding a better, safer, kinder planet. We all have work to do, so let's keep working. I'll be back in a couple of weeks with another C-word episode, number seven of 10. I can't believe I'm at number seven now. It is crazy. In the meantime, keep safe, keep positive and keep fighting for change. We'll speak soon. Bye.